Good evening and welcome to a new version of the second form of the Sports Insanity podcast here on the Sports Insanity Network. We're in game nine, the bottom of the fifth inning, and we got a good show for you tonight. Now that we're going twice a week, we're going to be able to get more content covered and a lot more interesting guests. Before we announce the normal guys who are here, I want to introduce a very special guest tonight. Jeff Knapp is joining us on SIP for first time this season. We're great to have you, Jeff. Thank you very much, John. It's great to be here. I'm excited. I mean, unfortunately, you are a Yankee fan, but we allow you to be here. It's okay. All right. That's good. (laughs) He's also a Giants fan. He's also the Blitzers Giants writer for us. So we have him here. we, we're, we're pulling a blitzer out here tonight. We're pulling a blitz here yep. to help kick all off this. All-out blitz. And it's an all-out blitz here, you know, to kick off this bottom half of the inning here in game nine of the fifth inning. Yeah. So I am Mark Oldowski Halpern, and along with me is the president, Lawrence Hatchman Lang. Ah, oh, beautiful to be here. And with us is the one and only guy who could roast you on a normal day and not have to even know you. The pun master himself, Michael Rifkin. What's going on, boys? Let, let's let's get this show on the road. Yeah, Rifkin. Well, Rifkin, I, I know we're a day away from recording. Batter up. Um, yeah. Can, can Bill still join your exclusive club, like Vince McMahon's oh, exclusive club? Oh, absolutely. percent. He he could he could join that club. All right. If, if you want to know more about that club, please listen to the previous Wait. episode of Batter Up. Has it been uploaded? Yes, it has. It's uploaded. It's uploaded and posted. I beg everyone to listen because it was Patchy and I only, and it went off the rails very quickly. I, I wouldn't say it went off the rails quickly. It was a very good show. You unfortunately threw a cheap shot at Old Ops Guy in the way beginning and then <laughs> And, and, and unfortunately, the last four minutes is probably the peak of the episode of you just celebrating glory for the Mets. That might be the peak of 2022 for me, which has been pretty good. So, so let's just dive into it because that's where we'll start. Because Patch kind of alluded to it. We were watching, or Patch was watching the Subway Series game Wednesday, giving me updates as we were recording. And when he told me Starling Marte got the walk-off hit, I could not control myself. And I just randomly just yelled, Bill Murphy could kiss my ass. (laughs) That's where I am. I was on the highest of highs because I'll be honest, and Mark could attest to this, and Jeff, you're a Yankee fan. The Mets have never done that. They've never swept the Yankees that I could ever remember. And Sweeping I them, I don't know. Beating them series-wise, yes. We've won series. They've won series, but I don't remember a sweep. But the other thing was, like, Mark, I don't know how you felt, but I kind of felt after the way the Mets performed against the Astros that they had to at least split these two games with the Yankees before they go to the Bronx next month. Right. At least showcase what they've got. And to get the sweep, it is exciting. Yeah, right before you had the Mets going up against the Astros, and it was a lackluster performance, in my opinion, against the Astros. However, the Yankees didn't fare better when they came back after the All-Star break facing off against them. So 
it kind of gave me a little bit of a positive feeling saying, okay, if we're if the Yankees have problems with them, so do we. That means we're right on the same line. Okay. All right, Jeff, you're the Yankee yeah. fan, so I, I will let you give you the floor on your perspective of the series because I do yeah. want to ask a follow-up once you're done. Okay. Now, when you're saying about the sweeping before, I can't remember what year it was. It was a few years ago, but the Yankees got swept by the Mets at Yankee Stadium, and then later in that year, 2013 the swept the Mets. Oh, it was in 2013? 2013 was the last time the Mets swept the Yankees, so 2013. Yeah, and then they swept each other on the road. It was really weird to watch, but watching this Subway series was was kind of painful just and I and I don't hate the Mets I've never hated the Mets as a Yankee fan just because the Mets are actually the first team I rooted for before the Yankees until about 87 roughly mm. so I and then just some things happened I became a Yankee fan most of my friends were Yankee fans around 87 the Yankees were horrible anyway so um so I never I never root against the Mets unless they're playing the Yankees or, or the Cubs uh <laughs> but this was a or a hard uh a hard game to watch uh in game one when they lost they left 18 men on base and the Mets left 15 right around 15 so that three those three extra runs that they men on they left on base could have been uh potential runs and they were 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position uh in that game um Mm -hmm. and here's the thing that baffled me in that first game so IKF who I was kind of like "Eh." when we first got him I've been pleasantly surprised by how well he's played throughout the season he was two for three and then for some reason they're like oh let's bring in gallo who i knew was probably going to strike out and he did because that's what he does 40 percent of the time when he's at the plate strikes out and they didn't get much better in game two they left 15 men on base and they were 0 for seven with runners in scoring position and they struck out 10 times in in that game and they left i think they took uh jermaine out a little bit early uh they took him out what the fifth inning with two out yeah 82 pitches he could have they could have stretched out for the next out of that inning and potentially into the next inning and gotten him out whole you know you would hope around 100 pitches or so i'm not a big fan of the pitch pitch count anyway just go until you know i mean i know most pitchers are going to say no i'm fine i'm fine but you could probably get a feel for that. So that, that pitch count thing has always been like, eh, to me. Um, and, uh, and then both Mets starters went, the first game went, their starter went, what, six innings. And then Walker went six and then Scherzer and, went seven. Yeah. So, and then in the first game, the Yankees pitcher only went two, two and a third, I think. And you, you can't, I know we were, we have a really good bullpen but you just can't rely on them the entire time. We got to get our pitches, pitchers going at least six innings consistently. And then you'll, you'll have a much fresher bullpen just going for the eighth and seventh and eighth inning. I, you know, I love it when pitchers go eight innings and you bring in the closer if need be, or just leaving the pitch, the starting pitcher out there that has driven me nuts for forever. If your pitcher starting pitcher is doing well and you're winning, say, three or four to nothing. And then they bring in the closer in the ninth. I understand, you know, you want to bring in the closer, but just leave him in there. I mean, if he gives up a run, okay, bring in the closer. But I've never been a fan of, if you have a three, four, uh, five point lead, 
run lead, bringing in somebody else in the ninth inning, unless the pitcher can't go anymore and he's at, you know, say 110 pitches. Okay, I guess. But if he's at like 90, 95 pitches, give it a whirl, see what happens. I mean, most pitchers get injured throughout the season anyway. Might as well give it a try. See, see if they can go the extra distance. But that was just – it was hard to watch. I, and though I am a big fan of Pete Alonso, mm. so – and I was like, oh, why can he have done that against a team that's not my favorite team? Can he, he could have done it against <laughs> the, the Pirates. He's or, done it to everyone's favorite uh, team. Yeah, you know, do it to the Red Sox or any other team, but the Yankees or the Cubs, you know. Mm. But uh, he, he, I, I, I'm a, I love Pete Alonso. He's such a great ball player, and I, I think any team that gets him, if, if that time comes and he becomes when he becomes a free agent, would be a lucky team to have him. Um, you, you just burned Mets fans everywhere because they're like, no, that's that, that's the guy. That's yeah, the, that's the guy now. Um, so, so I, I want to go to something kind of off of what you said with pitching, because after the all-star break, every manager can make the rotation as they want. And Aaron Boone, who listen, there are people in the world who do not like Aaron Boone. Um, I hear his favorite movies. Here comes the boom with Kevin James, which is a great film. It's an awesome film. Yeah. So, he decided to go Montgomery and Herman for the series uh, for the series for the doubleheader against the Astros, and then decided to have Garrett Cole pitch against the uh, Orioles, which meant Garrett Cole was not in line to face the Mets. He was in line to face the Royals tonight, and I believe he just gave up a home run to Salvador Perez and is now trailing five three. So his yep. new, his least favorite song is Royals by Lord. That's the new thing. <laughs> But from a fan perspective of the Yankees, do you question why wouldn't Boone just say, I want my best pitcher to play the Astros, who I'm not, who I know I'm going to play in the playoffs. And potentially, if things go well, I could have a subway series with the New York Mets. Mm -hmm. You question that at all as a Yankee fan? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't put your best pitcher against the team that could potentially face us in the American League Championship Series and probably has the best shot at defeating us in that series. Um, so if we started him against them uh, one of those nights, now we know what we're working with. If he, if he's just, if he's on, if he's on and they still beat him, okay, so now we know we got something, we got to work on something and that's where the trade deadline comes into play. Do we pick up an extra arm? I know uh, we didn't get an arm yet, but you know we'll see what happens happens there. Um, and you could, yeah. So if they started him, they could have said, "Okay, uh, he was terrible." I mean, he might have pitched a horrible game, just not had his stuff for whatever reason. But if he mm-hmm. was on, and say he had like seven innings and six strikeouts and lost three to two. Okay, that's not horrible against a team like the Astros. Mm-hmm. But I think that would have been a good gauge of what we need to do going forward from this point on, from the, the trade deadline coming up when like three, three, four, or five days, something like that. Uh, Tuesday. Yes. 
so we we could gauge what we need to do so we got now we got the back i i always believe that you can never have enough pitching pitching and defense wins championships because the best yeah. pitching will always shut, shut down the best hitters unless those pit hitters are just phenomenal hitters every time yeah so as jeff mentioned tuesday august 2nd will be the trading deadline We'll see what both the Mets and the Yankees do. We'll also be on Juan Soto watch. I apologize to you, Patch. But all good. We're, all we're good. on Juan Soto watch as well. Uh, we'll we'll cover that, break it all down, batter up SIP next week. We'll break it all down. Um, on to some actual news that also concerns sports. Uh, Brittany Griner, who is the WNBA player who is in prison in Russia, the U.S. government has offered a trade of a Russian arms dealer and someone else in order to bring Brittany Griner home, Patrick, correct? Yes. It's it, it's still interesting with this. Everyone's kind of divided with this because, you know, Brittany Griner got arrested for having a pen with THC. And, you know, Russia says, no, no, you can't have that while you're here or it's illegal here. So, you know, she got arrested, she got detained and, you know, everyone's freaking out because, you know, oh, you know, they should just let her go. It's it, She didn't know. I'm like, you're given set. When, when you travel to a foreign country, you're giving guidelines to say, hey, this is what you're allowed. This is what you're not allowed. If you happen to bring this, Something's going to happen. And that's what happened. She brought a pen in that had an illegal substance that was not permitted in Russia and she got arrested. That's what happened. So it's it's weird because, you know, it. I'm not saying it's blown out of proportion, but everyone's making a big deal out of something that could have been prevented if you didn't bring the substance with you. And you're 100% right there. Uh, the excuse her attorney is giving for she packed haste uh, with haste and didn't realize she threw it in. I don't believe that. I believe it was prescribed as a, from a doctor for her to try. She packed it, did not know the rules going into Russia, got nailed. However, this is if what wasn't happening on the other side of the world was happening, this wouldn't be an issue right now. Yeah. No, it's because of the, the situation between Russia and Ukraine and the fact that they don't want the United States uh, picking her up. So they were, they're basically taking it out on this poor woman and trying to set an example. So what, so what do we do? We're going to offer, and this is this guy's nickname. It's, it's not just something I came up with. The merchant of death. We're going to let him go back to Russia. You think he's going to go to any prison? Come on. Thoughts, guys? Russia has more people per capita imprisoned for drug crimes compared to any other country in all of Europe. Uh, so she was looking at 10 years for cannabis oil. That's, ugh, that seems like what would have happened here in the United States back in the 80s. Right. And earlier. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're just, it, it's just a completely different everything, mindset, culture way of dealing with crime, everything is different. And I think, unfortunately, uh, everything that she has probably stated uh, 
has an opinion about uh, the anthem and everything that goes with it. I mean, that it, what she says is her opinion. And that's, I think that's divided everybody and so polarizing. The fact that she said what she said and she, I, you pretty much can, unfortunately, everything has been politicized no matter what it is. Oh, I like Twix. Yes. Whether you like the left side of the Twix bar or the right side of the Twix bar. Oh, well, you're a this if you like the, the cookies Big and cream version of, of the Twix bar, to be honest yes. with you. <laughs> I know, you eat them at the same time, you enjoy yeah, right. them. And uh, so, I, I, unfortunately, everything, uh, like before, when we were, we were talking about everything that's going on in Russia and Ukraine and that and the polarization here in the United States of our own people and everything that she says, and now it's, you're either... Uh, you're in her camp and Britney's camp or you're not it's I I feel she should be brought home but to trade up what's the, the merchant of death hmm. or whatever he's called oh that's more yeah, her that's, called. Uh, that's gonna that's a tough sell to a Very lot of people very I mean if they say okay can we work it out where she I understand she broke your laws. Can we make it where she's not spending ten years in your prison? Give her like, um, like a, one of the like a a deal, a deal like a low end prison deal. Have her pay a giant fine and let her go something, or spend a year there. Um, I don't know how good of a basketball player is personally. I don't watch or the WNBA rather. She she no has idea. Good, very a, good, a, a good, very good ball player. She, okay, yeah. So I mean, if she was Jane Schmo. Would we, you know, would would we even know about her if it was, you know, right? Exactly. Just the average girl, and they wouldn't be making this deal. That she's a high-profile person. Now, I I do want to make the point. She was in Russia to play basketball during the off season. Yeah, kind of something she's done. But first of all, you have to be somewhat aware of the situation that is going on. Mm. That that self-awareness, knowing where you're going. Knowing what's going on in the world, that that's needed. Should she be released? A hundred percent. We all want her home. Bring her home. She has family. Bring her home. It, it, I don't like making that kind of deal either, but it, it, it's something that's gotta doesn't have to happen. But you know, it, it shows that collectively there can be deals still made in this world, even though. It is a dark, scary world, and what is going on shouldn't be tolerated. And whether you're on the left, the right, or you're down the middle, you want an American to come back to America. That is what this is about. Her father is a 30-year uh, police force veteran, so I wonder how he feels about because I'm sure he had to toe that line of whether you did or did not break the law. And he saw black and white like that. You broke the law, you didn't break the law. So I wonder how he sees this. Like, well, it sucks my daughter's in Russia in prison, but she broke the law. I wonder how he's feeling as a former officer and a retired Vietnam veteran. Unfortunately, the entire world can't keep up with every change that's going on. Mm -hmm. I think this is a little bit petty, but however, she did break the law. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's like if you go to, what is it, uh, 
Thailand and you have a can of spray paint, they cane you over there. So, I mean, is that true? Yes. The only thing I know about Thailand is the capital is Bangkok. You are 100% right. So, I know. Thailand is so I know about Thailand. Thailand is way more stricter than Russia. But, uh, yeah, you can sneeze and you could get caned pretty much. Okay. All right. So we'll be on. We'll be monitoring that situation as well. Uh, on to the NFL. Training camps are open in full force. It's exciting. First weekend, we do have some football news to get to. Uh, let's start with the Bucks because, well, everyone wants to be like Tom Brady when they're forty-fives. Uh, the Bucks added pro, all pro wideout Julio Jones on a one-year deal. Uh, Mark, your reaction to Julio going to Tampa? It, it's actually a gut-wrenching feeling. Mind you, I was lobbying to have him come to Dallas on a one-year deal because I think that's one position where they could use just a, a much bigger guy than what they have. I mean, I love the combination of Lamb, et cetera, but I think Julio Jones would have just made it even better. That being said, from what I understand is Tom Brady had contacted him and said, Lou, look, come play with me on your final year. My final year will go win a Super Bowl. And Julio said, okay. That was pretty much the breakdown of the phone call. So I think Julio Jones is not going to have his greatest year ever, but he's going to be productive. Doesn't have to. Right. He's going to be productive. Uh, Patch, Jeff, Julio Jones to the Bucs. Uh, you know what? It doesn't surprise me that, you know, hey, I'm on the end of my career. Screw it. I'm going to go play with Tom Brady for a year. Because why not? Because ha- have the opportunity to play with one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time. Why not? One-year deal? I'm going to ride up in the sunset. I'm one of the greatest wide receivers of all time anyways. Why not try to become a little bit more greater? I want to go play with Tom Brady and try to win a Super Bowl and try to get a Super Bowl on my resume since I don't have one. The only thing that would be funny, and Jeff, I'll pass it to you. I just thought of this. Let's say Tampa Bay does go to the Super Bowl and they're up 28-3 to and they lose. You just know God. things are horrible in the life of Julio Jones. Oh, <laughs> Julio Jones is God. the curse. Yeah. Poor Julio. No, I, I, I kind of want, like, if is, I, do you think he's on the cusp of um, Julio Jones? Is he on the cusp of a, a, as a Hall of Famer? Or do you think this, if he wins with Tom Brady, does this put him over that edge? I think he wins with Tom Brady. He won't be a five and in, but he'll be very to get a ring before he leaves. It'll be a lot longer before he gets it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think this, I I mean, I, I don't blame him whatsoever. I mean, I couldn't, how many players if given the opportunity to play with Tom Brady on, on a good team that has, you know, any chance, any team he's on has a great chance of winning. Right. You know, or where else, you know, Oh, we could sign with the Browns or sign with uh, another team that's probably not going to make it. Why not? Right. He'll probably, he probably doesn't. He's probably. Did he get like a, a? I didn't see how how much money his deal was. It's up to six million dollars. Oh, so that's pretty. 
That's like and a then I'm sure there's an incentive laid in on certain things, MVP, et cetera. So I don't blame him for going at all. Yeah. I, I would have done the same thing. My, my question isn't why he would go. I totally get you want to win a ring. He will not have to be the guy when you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin <laughs> there also. But I, I, I look at some other teams that could have done this and I just go, well, you know, he would have been a good fit patch in Green Bay. It would have been a great fit. He could have been that number one for AR, but that didn't happen. You know, uh, I thought he'd go back, go to Indy and reunite himself with Matt Ryan. That could have been a, a play. That That's, didn't happen. Yeah. But he also goes to a spot where, one, we allude to, doesn't have to be the guy, but two, the weather in Tampa. Mm-hmm. The weather in Tampa. I mean, it, you know, it's. He's probably, you know, when camp's over, he's probably out in the sun getting his tan on going. But, you know, you're going to play with Tom Brady. We know what you're going for. If he wins a ring, he'll get into the Hall of Fame. I still think he is a Hall of Famer, but wait and see on what happens with the Bucs. They're going to be a playoff team. How far they go is wait and see. Uh, the other big news out of the NFL last night was DK Metcalf getting a three-year contract extension. Mark, you're kind of shaking your head at that. <laughs> oh, with Russell Wilson leaving and Chris Carson, unfortunately, having to retire. I mean, yes. never wish that on anybody. DK seemed kind of left out. You know, it's like the real big, not to take anything away from Tyler Lockett, but DK was the pretty big name that was left in the franchise. And the way things are looking for Seattle, I figured they were going to try to trade him. And everything that my boys have been doing over the last month have freed up more than enough money to get him. I was looking for it. I was looking for it. And then that happened. And then it was like someone just took the knife and just inserted it in one shot. Must be their big Drew Locke or Geno Smith fan. <laughs> uh, uh, listen unless there is a world and, and and this is what i'm really hoping for for seattle that jimmy garoppolo gets caught by the niners instead of traded and seattle jumps on that well the the two teams that would be really viable for jimmy g is seattle and cleveland those are the only teams where i could see him going right now there's another one i won't say because it may offend someone but uh, he looked I think pretty I, good in blue. That's all I'm going to say. I think I alluded to that a few weeks ago when we were doing SIP. If we become yeah. cheap, I think he'd be a really good fit for the Giants because I, I'll go off on this a little bit. I don't. I think when you sign Tyrod Taylor, and it's not that Tyrod Taylor is a bad quarterback. Tyrod Taylor is going to get hurt at some point. He gets hurt every year. I mean, hell, the Chargers hated him so much they stabbed him to get Herbert to play. That happened. So I, I think if you could, you could have actually given Daniel Jones real competition. It won't happen, but you know, it, it, it's worth a thought. I've heard a lot about him. Possibly, the, all the different uh, the I bought to a two or three different Giants fan groups on Facebook. A lot of them bring up the fact of him coming, to, of Grapple coming to New York in some type of 
trade. Nobody's really mentioned him getting cut and then getting signed, but uh, some type of trade probably. Uh, I've seen odd trades before where they don't give up high draft picks. I mean, he's on his way out. Maybe the Giants give up a third and a fifth or a fourth or a sixth round, something. Uh, they they would probably need the Niners to retain some of that money, but mm-hmm. that that that's that's tough that for guys who are way Niners. smarter than us. And how, how much room the Giants have in salary cap. Right. That that's why I'm saying the Niners would have yeah. to retain yeah. some of that money. Um but as for DK, the next big receiver to get need a contract is Debo Samuel. With the 49ers, we'll wait to see what happens there. Staying in the NFC West, the Cardinals signed quarterback Kyler Murray to a massive contract. The story that has come out in the last couple of days is there is was a there is a there was a clause in the contract that said Murray had to at least independently study film for a total of four hours. That made its rounds about throughout the media. Last night, the Cardinals dropped the clause in the contract. Murray said some things afterwards. Mark, I've never seen anything like that. It's not unusual for teams, especially with a young player, to put some type of and to steal the word, uh, character clause in their contract. Now, Kyler Murray acted like a big baby because you watch Dak get what he wanted. Russell Wilson's getting money. He wanted to get his pay and extension, but in my opinion, he hasn't done anything to earn $40 million a year. So the Cardinals put into his contract that he had to study four hours of film a day. His basic answer was, you don't get as far as I did without studying film. I believe the guy studied film, whether it's four hours a day or not, is none of my business. But when you look at it as a whole, the, 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 the Cardinals just showed how weak they are by not standing up to the fact that they're keeping the clause, they immediately back down. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've never seen that before in a contract, you know, a homework clause where you have to watch four hours of film. Isn't your job as a quarterback to study film anyways? Right. You're supposed to study film. You're you're one of 32 quarter starting quarterbacks in the league. You should not pitch and moan that you have to watch four hours of film. That's your job. You're supposed to watch film, make yourself better, get yourself ready for the next game to be a better quarterback when you face the next team. You got you got your money now. Now quit your bitching and watch some film. And they were also saying that uh, he couldn't watch it, watch film with other things going on in the background, like a television or somebody playing video games, or watching that and having another screen uh, on another TV of like internet fail videos or or whatever it is. But the fact that they were asking him just to watch four four hours of film it seemed from what i read it seemed like a week but i wasn't sure if it was four hours a week or four hours four hours a week yeah oh my how many how many hours do you think aaron Rodgers watch watches a week i mean he's that good maybe he doesn't need to watch as much but um, to to make him that great he had to have watched tons and tons of uh video peyton manning even i mean eli watched tons of uh all the greats watch at least be on par with 
something. Uh, we say, no, okay, keep, at least watch right. as much video as the other top tier quarterbacks. If you're going to get paid as top tier, you're going to have to do what the top tier do. Right. And I think Jeff makes a very good point. He can't be above the rest. My thing is this, and if you read my blog on it, I hate this contract to start with. You can check it out at www.thesportsandsanitynetwork.com. But my problem is I don't, I'm with Mark. I don't think he ever deserved this contract. My, my full belief, and, and Mark, you can tell me if, if you think I'm right or wrong. I felt, and I wrote about this, I felt the Cardinals had to do make a deal with him for two reasons. One, they extended Cliff Kingsbury, and neither one's won a darn thing in the NFL. Reason two is if this lingered and they didn't have the deal done, the social media unfollowings, which really that's just so mature, that, that lingered into camp. We would probably be having conversations about Kyler Murray, maybe trade potential, trade talks. But instead, the Cardinals backed down and said, no, we're going to commit to Cliff and we're going to commit to Kyler, and we think this is the way to go. Here's the problem. The last two years, the Cardinals have started up. And then the last two years, they have fallen flat. Two years ago, Kyler got hurt. Last year, it was because DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. Guess what happens the first six games this year? DeAndre Hopkins isn't there. I know you went out and got his college buddy, Hollywood Brown, but he's not DeAndre Hopkins. Nobody is. So why are we in this mode of he had a couple of years left before you even had to sign him? Yet Lamar Jackson in Baltimore is playing on a one-year deal. He's betting on himself. And guess what? He's not bitching, moaning, complaining. And Lamar's done double what Kyler's done. He's won a playoff game. He's won an MVP. He's been on the cover of Madden. Not that that part matters, but it's still something that showcases what he's done. You know, I'm at that point where I I hope that my, my hope I'm not saying this to be mean. People of Arizona, I don't hate you, but I hope that the Seahawks get a real quarterback and the Cardinals finish in last place. That is my hope for this year uh, because I don't think your quarterback's worthy of, of, of his country. I don't think your head coach is worthy of being a head coach in the NFL. And Well, the only cool thing about you is those black helmets you're going to debut this year because those look really, really freaking cool. I like the Jets ones better. Not to say the Giants ones aren't really nice looking. I, I like, like the, the Giant throwbacks better. too. Oh my god, we uh, can have see. a whole po- we can have a whole podcast on uniforms. Oh my god, I'm there. What about the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals all white? The oh white, my god, I like the, the white tiger. I'm all there. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Uh, that that is that might be my new favorite uniform. Like I was always a fan of the Bengal uniform, the black or the orange with the helmet. Ooh. Now you add white. Now the white looks nice, and that would be like a helmet of a non-favorite team of mine that I would love to own. Coming up this Thursday is the Hall of Fame game. Football is back. I'll probably watch the first quarter. Oh, wow, you're generous. I was only going to watch the first series. 
That's you know, a... it depends. I wonder how long some of these guys are going to go because preseason's now limited to three games. But I'm very interested in the Trevor Lawrence dynamic with Doug Peterson. Oh. Uh, let me phrase it. Ronnie Sunshine Bass and Doug Peterson. Lawrence is in prime for a good year. I think so, Travis, too. Especially with Travis ETM back. Mm. And I think he's going to be a big difference on that offense and free up Robinson to do a lot more on the run. It's a Hall of Fame induction Saturday, I believe. That's right. right. Tony Baselli, Cliff Branch, uh, Leroy Butler, Art McNally, Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Dick Vermeil, and uh, Bryant Young. Good time, Canton, Ohio. Usually. I hope Chris Berman MCs it again. Big Chris Berman fan. I love Chris Berman. One of the was, greatest sports announcers of our time. Was very disappointed he really didn't do the Derby, but you know that's, that's a whole other conversation. Patch, do you want to handle Dwight Howard? Yeah, so many people living under a rock. Uh, Saturday, July 30th is World Wrestling Entertainment's presentation of SummerSlam. Three out of four of us here are the wrestling resident wrestling fans here, excluding old Abs guy. He's trying to get back into it, and hopefully he'll <laughs> and hopefully he'll get there. WWE is also holding their summer tryouts. Dwight Howard is there trying out. So Dwight Howard says he would like to, you know, if and when he's ready, he would like to make the jump from the court to the squared circle. Thoughts. Dwight Howard waiting for teams to say they don't want him anymore <laughs> to say, oh, I'll jump to this. Can, can, I, I know the three of you are very big on wrestling, so I'm going to get my two cents in fast, and I'm going to pass it off to you guys fast. This, to me, is like a lot of players that are in the NFL now who are saying, or who were in the NFL saying, I'm retiring to go work on my boxing career. I mean, give, give me a break. <laughs> I, I really have no input except for the fact the guy is six foot eight and yeah, that would just at least make it interesting. I, I mean, looking at Howard, he's 36 right now, you know, uh, Diamond Dallas Page had a, he was late when he came into the wrestling business. So there's something he's the perfect height, I guess, for a wrestler. <laughs> and I mean, if you look at past athletes that have jumped from pro wrestling to from the sport they played into pro wrestling adam pacman jones was in tna for a while and he teamed with our truth he did. They won the tag and they won the yep. tag titles at one he point did. i think rodman you know he didn't do much in the squared circle dennis rodman yeah. lawrence taylor carl malone donald trump he wasn't in a match he was <laughs> not in a match technically <laughs> technically oh my god Jay we, we need the Battle of Billionaires <laughs> 2 to happen. McMahon, McMahon versus Trump in Saudi Arabia. That's the match. At Crown Jewel. At yep. Crown Jewel. I yeah. think he can. Athletically, why not? Athletically. I'm at the point now where I think I'd rather watch him try to wrestle than Omas. Uh, well, that's a... That's oh, a I, Oh my uh, yeah, Dream Team, Omas and Dwight Howard. A little bit of housekeeping before we, we close out. The NHL has announced Adidas will not be the sponsor of their jerseys anymore after their contract runs out, which I believe is after next season. So 
something else to keep an eye out. Nike, uh, maybe Under Armour has been uh, has been discussed, but I have we do not know where that stands. But the NHL could be getting New Jersey. So for the love of God, make the Anaheim Ducks the Anaheim Mighty Ducks again, because those jerseys deserve to be back. If not, make them a nice alternative some nights. Listen, the Pistons are going back to that teal with the, the horse from the old days. I, I'm in for this. I'm in for old jerseys coming back. Oh, 100%. Retro is always better. And, you know, maybe the Thunder should execute the Sonics once in a while. Just bring back the Sonics. Maybe you relocate the Knicks. They're not worth it anymore anyway. Uh, no, I, I keep – well, <laughs> if you take – don't take the Knicks away. Old Scott, you got anything for us before we leave? I'm going to do one Halpern trivia question tonight. Just one. All right, Zero hands up. Uno. Hands up, hands Jeff. Up. Jeff, just yep. so you know, whenever Mark's a part of a podcast, if he has mm-hmm. Halpern trivia, he guesses a question, you get points if you get it right. Okay. Okay. So after I read the question, the first person with their hand up as a raise gets to answer first. If they get it wrong, we move on to the next. Nobody gets it. Nobody gets the points. End of the year, top points gets an autograph that there are only three made for the set. From me, my guess. So my question tonight, besides Aaron Judge and Tejan Walker, name me one other player to wear the number 99. Patchman. J.J. Watt. And then points to Patchy. By the way, J.J. Watt doing a great thing. A woman in Texas had posted on social media that she was going to sell her J.J. Watt jersey for money for her grandfather's funeral. J.J. Watt had retweeted and quote tweeted that don't sell the jersey. I can help. I, I will try to help in any way I can. So shout out J.J. Watt for oh, that. Oh, that's amazing. Good so, Good human right there. He's a great guy. That will do it for game nine, inning five. Yes, Patchy struck out the end of the inning. That's what happened. For Mark Goldovsky Halpern, Lawrence Patchman Lang, Jeff Knapp, thanks for joining us, Jeff. I'm Mike Thank Griffin. you. You've been listening to the Sports Insanity Podcast on the Sports Insanity Network. Check out this podcast and all other podcasts at anchor.com. Check out the website, www.thesportsinsanity.com. For vlogs, blogs, planes, trains, and automobiles. Also visit www.onlyfans.com backslash Nathan Moser for content you really don't want to see. But outside of that, have a tremendous weekend and namaste. Namaste and say goodnight to your mama because your mama loves you. <laughs>